0: and welcome to episode 9 of the Right For Life podcast. Um, I'm joined today by my trusty host, co-host, that's what I'm going to call you, not just a host, because I'm one of those two. <laughs> you are it's, one. It's Mike Hurley. Hello. How you doing?
1: I'm doing very well, mate. How are you?
0: Yes, not too bad. It's been a very, very busy week, very busy all round. I've actually just spent the last, I don't know, about 45 minutes scraping paints off the bath um i didn't tell you about that before we went on air you didn't uh probably because i thought i'd save the real juicy information and <laughs> tidbits and for the actual podcast but that was a time-consuming job so my first piece of advice is never get paint on your bath um very advice. little to do with it is good advice not very much to do with writing i know but it is good advice but apart from that just uh generally extremely busy i'm uh working on the novel uh getting the edits Done um, in as quick a time as possible and hopefully I will return to a more regular blogging and tweeting schedule. Um that would be good. We miss it. Yes, well, in it's 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 hard to keep a regular blogging schedule uh, when there's other stuff going on in your uh, in your life, I guess. And and maybe that's something that we'll touch on in this episode because we're going to talk about blogging in general. Um, I think there are lots of different topics. I haven't, I haven't done a huge amount of preparation. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Mike.
1: <laughs> I, I think though, this is one of those topics where we don't, I don't know if if me and you maybe really need to prepare too much because we're just talking about what we do, right?
0: Well, I do have some opinions that are fairly long held, so it, I think it's a good it's a good topic to kind of talk around. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a case of uh, you should do things this way or or anything like that, but but it's such a Blogging is, is a, such a. Um, I think it's. I think it's a, a real liberating, a revolutionary uh, thing that's happened in the last ten years. That blogging is blogging has taken off so much. You have people who perhaps wouldn't normally write, um, who all of a sudden they can, and not just write. I guess anyone could 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 write, um, but to have an audience, to have access to people, and even if it's just a handful of people, even if it's just your closest uh, friends and family who read your blog then that's still an audience and it's still people that are there and uh, and reading your work and it gives you an opportunity that's you know that perhaps wasn't there 15 20 years ago so it's um, I think it's uh, in terms of just um, uh, access to um, uh, people uh, blogging is an amazing thing for writers and this could be any writers this is this is perhaps not even people that you could even call writers or, or typically call writers it's just people have access to um uh, this i guess technology so in, in one way it's it's this kind of revolution which is a uh, a wonderful thing but um there are just so many ways that you can do it i guess and um and as uh, an author uh it's incredibly difficult because um as you probably know mike the advice these days is that you need to have a platform uh, if you 're an author of any kind and um, or any, and
1: any um, public figure
0: well you 're right you 're right and um, and so everyone has to have a platform and the best way to do that is to have a blog because as many a website will tell you, you can have a site of your own, but the best way to get the search engines uh, results and all that kind of thing is to keep regular content going and to have a dialogue with people and be social and all these kinds of terms and uh, things that we'll have to consider and it's especially pertinent in the last two or three years since the recession hits the entire world um, that in the publishing industry authors are expected to do a lot more of their own marketing now and to be able to promote themselves better and uh, and I guess do a bit of the work and so we're expected to have a platform and and, and so we're expected I guess to know how to set up a blog so hopefully this episode will talk a bit about that and, and I guess, some suggestions on what you might uh, do to get started. Um, but also I want to talk a bit about um, blogging philosophy and how you approach it and um, kind of my um, opinions. I won't say that they are absolute facts that you have to stick by, but these are kind of what I've gleaned from the process over the last three or four years. Um, yes, and of course, Mike, you've just set up your own blog I have
1: yeah. again mikehurley.net um and it's been a it's been a funny old week. <laughs> I've uh, I've gone through two different blogging platforms and three different themes. So I uh, started out on Tumblr, moved over to WordPress, um and then I've gone through two themes and 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 the lovely Mr Broom who's on the other side of the microphone just spent the last 45 minutes cleaning things up for me, which is very kind of him.
0: That wasn't the bath, by the way. That was cleaning up your blog.
1: Yes, and this we do refer to my blog as the bath. Goodness, but yeah, it's for me. It's it's uh, as I said last week. It's a way for me to practice my writing. It's a way for me to to share things with people and to do some slightly different stuff as well. Um, I've always tried to keep a blog, and, and it is it is a difficult thing to do, especially if you're not a writer by trade. Or I mean, even for people that do do it, it's difficult if you. Uh, if you have something else that you do in your life because writing is quite a time consuming consuming thing
0: yes, it is um, and and that 's kind of the price it 's a balance really that you have to kind of strike and i don 't think i 've got this right uh, for some of the time yeah. over the last two or three years i mean it 's fantastic that i 'm in a position now where i've um, i 've got right for your life and it 's got um, a, a, an audience and i 've got this you know the podcast that I do with you this is all fantastic but it, this hasn't just happened. I've put an awful lot of time into, into getting to this position. And it's great because now I have a novel that's going to be coming out later this year. And so I have this ready made platform to help me promote it. So that's all great. But at the same time, the, the amount of um, energy that's gone into getting to this point with my blogging. Um, inevitably it's that word sacrifice again um, there, I, I guess I could have written more I could have, I could have, perhaps I would have a second novel finished by now if I hadn't done all these things, so it's always, it's always finding a balance between um, I guess uh, uh, real writing, which is not the right term at all, but you hope you know what I mean um, blog, blogging, and then I guess your actual life, which is obviously uh, the most important thing but it's interesting that you talked about platforms because I've 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 used WordPress for a lot of things, but I've also used Tumblr and um I've <clears throat> I've also dabbled with um uh, Expression Engine for some things. Um and uh way back when I I even used Blogger. And and Blogger is actually I see an awful lot of writers blogs or websites that are done using Blogger or Blogspot as it is now, the Google uh, owned um, platform. And generally speaking, I would... I've, I mean, I haven't, it's been a long time since I've used it, but I would advise, and I think the general advice is that it's slightly clunky and not... the, the themes aren't particularly easy on the eye. However, you can get a free account, and you can be up and running fairly quickly, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it is a, a good option for someone starting off.
1: Do you know why I think it's, it's mainly used by... by... Um, by people who, who are not necessarily into this stuff, because I just t- out of testing, I just googled blog, and the first um, response was Blogger. So yeah. i you' assume people just Google and and then they go to obviously a Google property, set up a, a blog that way. But it's the the issue with with um, Blogger is Blogger sites, Blogger blogs look outdated now um and if they do have some newer themes but they you know if you go, i would suggest if if you want something simple and easy to use tumblr
0: yeah that would be my recommendation as well and if if i have a, a germ of an idea that i think might turn into something later on but i'm not sure i usually set up a tumblr site just to test it to see if it's any good or not um and sometimes i don't carry on sometimes i do um and Tumblr is very easy to get to get going. So I think if 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 we were to put out a recommendation as a kind of starter blog, then for me it would absolutely be Tumblr. And uh, it's it's really easy to set up. It's free, and you can post all t- different types of things very easily. So it's separated into text posts, link posts, uh, audio posts, video posts, quotes, and then. Uh, one other that I can't quite remember, but it's all very easy and obvious to do. You can be you can be up and running so quickly, and, uh, and of course Tumblr has kind of a social network built in, so you can follow other people's Tumblr sites, and they will appear on what they call your dashboard. So you kind of not only have you got ready-made uh, blogging platform with lots of themes to choose from, you can make it look however you want to make it look you've also got this kind of ready-made potential audience because you can just start following other tumblers and maybe they'll follow you back. And it's kind of a really simple, good, straightforward way to get started, I would say.
1: It is a massive community. I read online today that they've just passed 20 billionth post and 50 millionth blog yeah. on Tumblr. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a massive social network of its own. And if, you know, if, if you want to try and find a an audience it is a fantastic place to start
0: i mean i use i i use wordpress and i'm i'm perfectly happy with it and um i'll be going to be when i change the site from Right for your life to ian broom i'm still going to be using wordpress but there's absolutely no reason that i couldn't use tumblr for what i for what write for your life is um it's it, it does everything all those things and uh, and it does them pretty well it's a pretty sophisticated blogging platform now so as a as someone starting off my personal recommendation is avoid blogger and or, or blogspot whatever it's called these days and uh, and and head to tumblr that's my kind of recommendation just to get yourself going very quickly um so then we you changed to wordpress mike so why did you change from tumblr to wordpress
1: um i had a, a couple of reasons but the the main reason um was Basically, the way that a lot of people will read a blog like mine will be via RSS, which is a method of subscribing um, to a website in a separate application or an RSS reader. Um, and then instead of people having to go to my site, they just open their RSS reader and the RSS reader will go out into the world and pull in all the content and put it all in one place. Um, now, every site generates an RSS feed. Um, which is then offered up for people to subscribe to. Um, Tumblr have a a long-standing bug in their RSS feed uh, system um, in that it can take some time before a post that I write will show up in my RSS feed. So my actual delay was five hours. So if I would post something, any of my subscribers would not see that post for five hours, and and that bothered me Um, just because... Every time I posted something, I remembered that it was going to take five hours and that was just too much of an annoyance for me. Um, I contacted Tumblr about this um, and they just said that it's, you know, that's just how it is basically. So decided that I wanted to move to WordPress because I know, I mean, there is always a delay. There is always a delay. Um, but, you know, that with, from the tests that I've done over the last couple of days, that can be anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour, which is much more acceptable.
0: Yes, I mean, and that's that's, that's um, all of that's true, and that's that's quite a uh, uh, quite a good reason, I guess, to to not use Tumblr if something like that's important to you. I would say for someone just starting out, that's probably not not that big a deal. But w- once you get a, once you do get quite a bigger audience, maybe that is something that is definitely worth worth thinking about. Also, so you moved
1: over. WordPress does offer a lot more flexibility for the for the future as well. So if I do the work now. And, and get other generous people to help me do the work now. Um I have got a lot, a lot less to think about later. It's, easy, yeah. it's easier to make the switch when there's not that many people visiting the site. Cuz they don't, you know less people get to see the uh horrible things that happen.
0: Yes. I mean getting get, getting getting started, getting getting uh, your website happy, you know your blog happy, getting you <laughs> being happy with how your website looks but, yeah. is uh, uh, got the uh, at the start is always a, a time-consuming and a tricky thing. But actually, that's kind of a good thing about Tumblr because they got all the. You can just sort of get started. But of course, WordPress does have lots of themes as well, so you can get started quite easily with that too. Um, but WordPress, you're right it, it, it is more flexible in the sense that it's grown over the last few years from being a blogging platform to basically a fully-fledged content management system. You can use WordPress to Lots of things. We even use it for some client work um, uh, at the workshop. It's um, uh, if we have a uh, if it's suitable for this sort of site that we're building. It's it's um, extremely flexible, very powerful these days. Um, but at, at its heart, it is still um, a blogging engine, a blogging system. And you could you could go to WordPress.com and set up a free WordPress a uh, uh, blog that WordPress hosts for you. And you can be up and running very, very quickly. Or you can do what I've done and what you do, and that's to buy your own hosting. So you get a hosting company and you have your own little space on the internet where you download the WordPress files and stick them on and it belongs to you. So you host it and you have a lot more control. Um, but again, not that difficult to do. It sounds tricky, but it isn't, it isn't that difficult once you've gone through the steps. So it is quite powerful and that's what I use for um, uh, for blogging, so th- they are my two recommendations. I would say if you want to get started, not really worried too much about um, about the technicalities of it all, or, or if you aren't very technical yourself, sign up with Tumblr. You can be up and running very quickly. Once you get the hang of things, or if you've got a bit of, if you want to sort of go straight in with something a bit more uh, comprehensive, then WordPress is the thing for me. I should say. So that's quite a, quite a, that's that's kind of getting started and we're already fifteen minutes in. But it, yeah, these things are important. It's, it does feel like um it's quite a big deal to set up your own blog. And part of the reason it's a big deal is because if you haven't done it before, then you are kind of you're exposing yourself to the world, I guess, in a way. You're you know, you're writing stuff and you're putting it out there uh to be spoken about and commented on. So I want to talk a little bit about blogging philosophy. Um I I guess that there are are kind of, if we talk about writers, so if I go back to people who might write fiction, for example, or or non-fiction, you know, know, just authors, I guess, we're told we're we're supposed to have an author platform, and the reason that it's good to have an author platform um, is because you kind of need an online home. So it's okay to have a Twitter account, it's okay to have a Facebook profile, um and to use those to talk about your work or to promote your work um or, or or even uh i don't know or even to sort of have conversations with other people about about writing um whatever it might be but it's really good to have an online home that you can call your own so having that author platform is great because it can uh, it's a space where you can send people to, um, whether you've got something to promote or whether it's um, a piece that you've written that you want people to read, an opinion that you're trying to express. So that's kind of one way, one good thing. It's the idea of having um, one reason why people have blogs is to have a, a platform. Another one is to express a passion. So. And I, I think this goes to most blogs in the world, so this, this is not authors specifically or, or writers even. It's just it's a place to express a passion. And then the third thing is to sell stuff. That's another reason, and that kind of actually covers the first one, the idea of a platform. But most people really have something to sell, and I've said this before about I get a bit frustrated with how it feels like everything is written, most blogs um, are written to push people towards a product and i know that there isn't really anything bad with that but just sometimes it can grate on it because it's so obvious that that's what's happening and it doesn't really matter whether the product is any good or not it's just it's just uh what it's just what happens so my blogging philosophy has actually changed quite a bit from when i started now then mike tell me do you read and i use inverted commas i might even do air quotes that none of you can see but do you read pro blogs
1: i guess so um I guess the pro-blogs that I would see maybe in Gadget, um, The Verge, would that ah, be consider the pro-blog?
0: I mean, I, do you read pro-blogs that are actually pro-blogging about blogging? That's what I mean. So do you read the blogs that, that have, in some cases, supposedly, millions of uh, readers and are telling you how to blog? This is how you write uh, Oh, right. Yeah, you know, no. that standard format you see where it's 3,000... Um magical ways to write a paragraph. <laughs> you can see why I don't do this very often, can't you? Yeah.
1: Although if you, you, have prepare, you have you read those blogs? I mean I, something no, like, for instance. I I I do try and stay away from that sort of stuff to be honest.
0: Yeah. Something like Problogger, Copyblogger has gone that down that route long ago. Um and there are lots of lots of others. They're just two examples. Huge, huge websites, huge followings. And they give advice, which is effectively the same advice, over and over and over again. And do not get me wrong, there is nothing wrong with a lot of the advice. Some of it is fairly sensible stuff. So, for instance, the idea of list posts, which is something I mentioned before. I know that there is nothing really wrong with a list post. If I see something that says 10 fantastic ways to... Uh, write a best-selling novel, then, of course, that's quite an eye-catching title. And I think, oh, it's only ten ways. <laughs> I'll you, that, won't, that won't take long. And it's been segmented into lots of easy, uh, bite-sized chunks for me to read. And, of course, all those things are really good. I understand that. But you, what, what you end up doing, and I guess this is my, the crux of what I'm trying to say, and, and it is this idea of having a blogging philosophy, is that if everything you write is ten great ways to do this, or or everything has to have that sort of a uh, like a, a really elaborate descriptive wording. So you can't just have um, advice on um, on plain English. It has to be I don't know. It has to be killer advice. You know, it's, it's words like that. And you just end up writing the same blog post over and over again. And because everyone's reading these websites, everyone's reading Pro Blogger and other similar sorts of um, advice-giving sites, everyone else is doing exactly the same bloody thing. So you end up with everyone writing a post that is 10 ways to write the killer paragraph, 10 10 awesome ideas for beating writer's block. I mean, I don't know if you're really in this world, Mike, but it's unbelievable how often you see posts with those kinds of titles. And it's the same thing over and over again. And whilst the fundamentals of posts like that <clears throat> excuse me, are built on quite you know solid good advice like write a catchy title, make sure that your post is easy to read in, in you know readable chunks. It, it, you just end up with the same stuff and everyone is doing the same thing. And to tie it slightly back to what I was saying at the start, you kind of get to realise that everyone is doing that same thing because they've been told that's the way that you get people to your website and that's how you gain a readership. So my question is, and this is kind of what I'm coming on to, if that's what you're doing, and you are gaining a readership by doing that, is it the right kind of readership? Is it the, are you just, is, it, is what you're saying really what you think? So um, if you write 10 killer ways to write a brilliant paragraph, do you really think that those 10 ways are actually brilliant ways to, to write a brilliant paragraph? Or, or have you just read very similar ways of <laughs> how to write a killer paragraph on other blogs that are doing exactly the same thing. And at the end of at the end of all that, can you ultimately, when it all is said and done, stand by that blog post, Ten Killer Ways, to write a brilliant paragraph, and say, I'm really proud of that. That post says exactly what I think about writing. It it, it expresses my philosophy on writing. And I also think it's good, solid solid advice to someone come into my website for the first or for the umpteenth time.
1: I guess, can you you stand by it and be proud of it? You know, that that that, that blog post is is part of something that, you know, the people that you look up to, if they read it, they would be happy with it.
0: Exactly. And I, I try and... And I'm not going I'm not pretending like I'm some maverick who is able to write a perfectly original blog post every time I do it. But when, because uh, I'm not, and um, the tactic that I've taken is that if I haven't got something that I think is worth saying or is original or or um, useful, then I've just I just don't say it. But the problem is when the advice, the general advice, is the only way to get a an audience and. Let's not be daft about it. That's what people want when they first set up a website and a blog. The first thing you want is that first reader that's you know that's fine. That's mm-hmm. true. perfectly understandable but if if ever if the advice is that the only way to do it is by writing this kind of generic kind of blog post where you're basically almost filling out a a, a form like a checklist of things that you need to include like words like a descriptive word like killer or like uh something has to be in a list or even that you have to sign it off by saying don't forget you can subscribe to my main to my to the mailing list or that kind of thing which i used every single post i used to write on write for your life had the same paragraph at the end which says if you like this post on write for your life then you'll probably want to subscribe to the rss feed and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't feel bad about doing that. But goodness me, if, if everyone's doing that, it just becomes noise, in my opinion. So my my philosophy has changed really. To, I'm not. I don't. I don't feel like I ignore the advice of those people who have got lots of uh, like big audience and uh, and are suggesting these kinds of techniques. But I do try and think about my own philosophy and whether my blog has integrity and whether people come to my blog and they go away thinking well I get a good idea of what that bloke's like and I can or what he's like as a writer or even how he writes so I try, I think that when I was trying to write in a more formulaic way as, as described I found that perhaps I wasn't really writing like me which is crazy because I have quite a distinctive style and, and kind of a voice. I mean, I've developed a voice from writing a novel and from being a copywriter. And yet I read, I read my blog posts back and thought, that doesn't really sound like me. So, and I guess that's what I mean by having a philosophy and having uh, trying to make sure that your blog has real integrity. It's kind of, it's, it, I feel it should be an expression of who you are, both maybe as a person, but especially as a writer. Because you want to be able to stand by it. I feel like, for instance, if uh, an agent or a publisher, if I was looking for one or the other still, if they were to come to my website and all they saw were 100 posts and all of them were lists of things that you can do in order to improve your whatever it might be, that they would have no idea about what I was like as a person or a mm-hmm. writer. And, and that's me saying, that. so that example there is me looking for an agent or a publisher. But you can, you can replace writer for um, young musician, or uh, who wants to attract a record, uh, someone, you know, a public, uh, what do you call them? Record company. Or it could be someone who wants to get their first job um, um, as a web developer and they want web, web uh, development companies, uh, design companies to come along and see their blog. They can see all those posts and they might see that you've got an audience, but do they really get to see you? Do they really get your opinions on things? Do they see your? Uh, the integrity behind what you're saying or does it just read like a list of formulaic advice that they've seen on loads of other blogs that are exactly the same that's a lot of talking sorry that's
1: okay i know that that has been a um uh a bee in your bonnet for for a little while and, the- and you put it very well ian i mean it it is a shame that it, you know this is still a form of writing which is something that um, you especially love and, and and take a lot of pleasure in and it it's a shame when some people do anything really i think that that, that you know if if somebody does something that you love and and is clearly doing it for for different reasons to you you know whether that be just to make a bit of money or you know but but shamelessly it's 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 a tough thing to see
0: well it's a, it's a, it's a tough <laughs> it, I kind of I don't really have a, a I don't really have a problem with anyone doing that, and I know I know loads of successful blogs who put really good, solid information out in amongst more kind of formulaic, generic posts. It, it can be done, and there's nothing wrong with it because, you know, the facts are the a, a list of ten things which are useful and uh, is great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I've done that on my, on on Right for Your Life, and I will I will do it again because sometimes it's easy to just say, uh, you know, five. Five ways to use Scrivener, the sync, the sync functionality in Scrivener, something like that. That's useful, and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. So it's not kind of having a go. It's just I just want I think people should think more about getting themselves into their website and 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 treating each blog post with the same kind of care and attention that they might treat a paragraph of their novel. And it's not the same thing. I know it's not the same thing, and I know that you can't do that every single time you write a blog post because you'd never get anything done, probably. But at the same time, you should aim for that. I think that's that's a, that's a key thing. I always feel like you should you should aim for great aim for greatness. Yeah. Whether you whether you achieve it all the time is a different matter. And of course, most of the time, none of us do. But you know, it's that thing of um, of kind of uh, what is it? It's that ridiculous saying that I made up and pretend is my own. The idea of reaching for the stars, but not really expecting things to happen. So having, you know, thinking that you can change the world and do anything, but you know, be realistic and and, and, and don't panic if it doesn't happen straight away. It might not. It might not. Um, it's that kind of philosophy that I think is worth thinking about when it comes to blogging. So the other bugbear I, I have, and I did, I don't want this to be a rant because I, what I want, the reason I wanted to do this as an episode or to talk about these things. And I don't want to talk about them for another half an hour. I you know, I want to try and stick to our fairly short time limit. But the reason I, I, I say this is really is if you're st- just starting a blog, and you probably are going to go to sites that are going to tell you to write in certain formulas because that's how you attract an audience, those blogs are probably right. But at the same time, if you are going to do those kinds of posts, try and find a way to... To do it with a certain level of in- integrity, and always think about why you're doing it, and and what you're doing it for. So try and keep your eyes on, uh, keep your eyes on the prize, and uh, <laughs> which which what it really means is trying to keep your uh, keep your keep your mind on on why you're actually doing it in the first place. Is it really to gain a gigantic audience, or is it to uh, to express a passion? Like I said before. I don't know. It's about balancing, uh, I guess, but, um, yeah. So the other thing was telling the truth. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, Mike, but I, I, I get really frustrated. Um, uh, when I, I know I read a person's biography or their about page and I know that it's not true. Uh, I, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a, bad way, but, um, or a critical way because I can understand how it happens. You can easily elaborate you, people do it on CVs all the time, don't you, to get a job? So why would you not do it on your about page in order to kind of, you know, try and sound more appealing to a potential reader? But I just feel like you can come unstuck. So a good example might be saying, "What I might have des- I might have described myself. Uh, I might still describe myself as Ian Broom, a widely published or uh, widely published author with a book deal coming up." Now only two of the only two of those things are actually. Only, only one of there's only two things mentioned only one of those things is true and that's that I have a book deal coming and I have been published in a couple of places I've had some short stories published and a, a chapter on my novel uh was was published as an extract but I'm not widely published I could say that I've spoken all over the country and you know I have said this in fact the reason I'm saying this is because I've been guilty of it in the past where I said that I've Yes, I've spoken all across the UK at events. I've performed my work at events across the UK. And Now, the truth is, I have performed in various places across the UK, and I've done it in good places. Like I've read at the Hay uh, hey Literary Festival, biggest festival in the in in the UK, pretty much. I've read a, a, a Edinburgh Festival, but I've only done it about five or six times, and I've done it in sort of four or five different places. And and so, I just feel like you can. It's okay to sort of kind of talk about yourself in, in that way. And, of course, you want to big yourself up as much as possible when you're starting out with your blogging. But there will come a point where you will get tripped up, I think.
1: If you said you were a best-selling published author, there's your lie, right? <laughs> yes. You know? But there are... It is like in a CV. You don't tell outright lies, but you, you can sort of emblazon the truth a little bit. Which I don't think is a, you know, I agree. with you. It's not a massive problem to do that as long as there is some clear truths in what you're saying.
0: Yes, and but the reason that I say the reason there are two reasons that it's important, or that I think it's important, to be to be to be as honest as you possibly can um, when you're writing an about page, but not just then, but also in um, the advice that you give. The first one is because you might get tripped up later on. So if, you, if, you, if an agent comes knocking and uh, they say to you, oh, so where, where have you spoken across the UK? That sounds fantastic. Where have you been published? I, I haven't heard of your name before. And then you have to go, oh, well, um, uh, uh, just in the student magazine, I'd, I had a, a story published in there. You know, you look a right knit. And, yeah. the reason, and the reason that's a problem is because that person has come to you they probably they might not have really cared whether you're widely published or not because presumably you're in that position because they've read your work and they like it. But if they've seen that you've basically been a bit dishonest from the off, they're probably not going to want to work with you. That's what an agent and a publisher does. That's what a record company does. That's what a podcast network does. So I could have come to you and said, oh, I've, yeah, I've ran three podcasts before. I know how to host a podcast. I mean, I don't, as you probably have or, discovered.
1: Or you could have come to me and said, oh, yeah, Mike, we get about, Seventy-five thousand downloads per episode.
0: Exactly. That's another very good lie that often happens. Is is um, is uh, yeah, numbers, analytics, that kind of thing.
1: I see those a lot.
0: Yes. So that's one way. Is that you? You will eventually get caught out. I think, and it could be really a really expensive thing. It could really be something that you don't want to get caught out. Uh, get caught out on. But also the other thing is. You have a responsibility. I personally feel that if you set up a blog and you gather an audience of any size, then you have a responsibility. So I've, I've been really careful with Write for Your Life to, for instance, never, never write a post that says um, uh, <laughs> 10 killer ways to get published. Um, because I've not been published. So where why, why, would, why would someone that hasn't had that experience uh, pre- pretend that they can give someone advice on it. So while, uh, another uh, example, I don't know, might be um, what it's like to work with a, with with, with a, an editor from a publishing house. I've not done that, so why would I give that advice? In in six months' time, when I've gone through that process, I might be able to be in a position to write that post. But I can't do it now, and yet I see all over the internet people giving advice on subjects that I know for a fact they haven't experienced themselves and I personally think that is entirely disingenuous it's, it's, it's either disingenuous or they just copied it from somewhere else and I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable with both those things personally
1: as every human being should be really I, I don't know I don't know I hope that we've not come off as um either grumpy old men or think
0: that we're better than everybody else but- well no, cause I, I I hope not because I, I hope I've said and, and I will make it clear again now that I've done all these things and and, and 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 they're not necessarily bad things. It's not bad to embellish your about page a little. It is it's, 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 it's in a way like writing a CV. You do focus on the good stuff and you do try and make yourself sound as great as you possibly can. Of course that's natural. Similarly, as I think I said, it's not inherently bad to write for example a list post i'm going to write list posts on write for life in the future i might even write one next just to annoy myself <laughs> write
1: a list it's not podcast episodes
0: indeed it's not it's not i'm not saying that it's a it's bad and i'm not saying that you shouldn't do it what i'm hoping that people get from this podcast is that idea of when you're starting up or even if you've been doing it for a while it's just to kind of think about what you're doing or, or, or why you're why you're doing it, I guess, um, and what you want to get out of it, and think about whether you can stand by it afterwards and say that's a fair reflection of me, my uh, my my thinking as a writer, I guess, and and kind of what I believe and what and, and um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it I hope it doesn't come across as grumpy. I guess I can. I guess I kind of am having a general go at people, but I hope at the same time I have said you know that it's a lot of this, a lot of this, these things happen for good reasons. And I understand why people do them because I've done them myself, but it's more a case of just think, you know, have a, have a blogging philosophy. That's, I guess that's the ultimate, the ultimate thing It's instead of just splurging things out onto the page, think about what you want to get out of it. Think about the kind of person you want to read it and then have a philosophy, have a, have an opinion on how to blog rather than just, Splurging it out there, or copying what everyone else is doing, or just following a set of rules that people have suggested you follow, because apparently that's the only way to get people to read your writing. I think that's it. There I think go. I, I think I've uh, I've got a croaky voice because I've just ranted at you, Mike. I apologise, and it's also half an hour gone in a flash.
1: It's okay. I haven't taken it personally.
0: I'm <laughs> good. Good. So yes, let's wrap this mother up, <laughs> or father, or father, equal opportunities.
1: Yeah. Yes, let's do that. So, your blog is rightforyourlife.net. Mine is mikehurley.net.
0: Yes, both of those things are true, and you can find me on Twitter at ianbroom. I a i n b r o double. did say that wrong, didn't I?
1: O double o. We can't edit that out. Nope.
0: You spell my name I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E.
1: There you go. Well done. You get a gold star for spelling your own (laughs) name. Um, I'm I Mike I-M-Y-K-E.
0: Indeed. And I'm hoping next week we're going to have a guest. I'm going to put pressure on ourselves to have one right now by saying it in public uh, that we're going to have a a guest. And they're going to be fantastic. I don't know who it's going to be, but um, uh, we're going to have one. And it's going to be brilliant.
1: I hope that you're going to arrange this. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Don't worry.
1: Oh, great. But we're going to have a guest, and you're going to do it.
0: Well, I've contacted the wonderful Joanna Penn, and she's going to be coming on to talk about her self publishing, independent publishing uh, experience. She has done a fantastic job of doing that. She has a great website uh, full of fantastic um, uh, practical information. And can you hear the sirens?
1: They're coming to get you.
0: Crikey. I hope they're not the equal opportunities please, because I did correct myself quite quickly.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's the name spelling police.
0: It could be. So, uh, yes, so we're going to have, uh, she's going to be on the, on the uh, podcast um, sometime soon. We're going to arrange dates. So, that's something to look forward to. Excellent stuff. Okay. Right. Well, it's been, indeed, it's been a pleasure.
1: As always. So, goodbye, Mr. Broom.
0: Farewell, I enjoy that awkward silence at the end where no one knows when to say goodbye. Bye 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 bye.
1: <laughs>